reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom patrol! Welcome to the Doom Patrol Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Coles, and with me, as always, is Murray Fox. And this week, we are looking at, we're looking at two issues. We're doing a double feature. Yeah, we're doing a little <laughs> different. We're uh, stepping away from the Doom Patrol regular series. Uh, hang and on. phone calls. <laughs> Pause. And we're back. <laughs> hey. Well, you know, important calls, important calls here at Doom Patrol headquarters. That's right. You never know when you're going to get a get a important Doom Patrol message from the uh, from the Doom phone there. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So we are going to look at a couple of recent uh, forays into Doom Patrolery. Oh, yeah. uh, we're going to look at My Greatest Adventure number one. That's right. We're Did going you... all the way back to 1950-something. <laughs> no, no, this is the more recent one. That's from, right. Uh, 2011 something. Right. Featuring Cliff Steel Robot Man. Yes. The new DCU version of Cliff Steel Robot Man. So mm-hmm. we'll see what we can glean from that. And we're also going to look at Tiny Titans number. Number 44. Oh, yeah. Tiny yes. Titans. The Doom Patrol makes their appearance in Tiny Titans land. Oh, yeah. And it's so, excellent. <laughs> if you're not into either of those things, you could tune out right now, or you can come along. That's right. So first of all, we're going to start with My Greatest Adventure number one. Number one of six, apparently. Yes. Yes. Originally, well, I guess it's, yeah, this it's is the first time. It's Weird Worlds. Weird Worlds, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that was like a, I think it was supposed to be a 12-issue miniseries, and then it got turned into a six-issue miniseries, I think. Well, I think the new DCU thing sort of derailed it. Yeah. Like a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> yes, so two of the features, which we're not really going to look at, are continuing. Yeah, and guy and Garbage Man. Yes, and then they're <laughs> replacing Lobo with Robot Man, which is totally a step up. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. <sighs> so we get into her. Yes. We have, uh, looks like looks like Vegas. Yeah. That uh, the big come, drive carefully come back soon sign outside of Vegas. There, <laughs> they thought Bugsy Siegel was crazy when he made Las Vegas. Ninety years later, that's what they're calling me, among other things. My nanobots, my body terraformed this place for me—a sanctuary somewhere away, but also a place where those in need wouldn't be afraid to come. So it looks like a looks almost like the Space Needle. That's right. Yeah. In, uh, except it's in the middle of the desert, but it's got lots of uh, palm trees and stuff around it. I guess it's an oasis. Yes. And a little mechanical toucan is flying towards it. Yeah. <laughs> Sand toucan. Point, <laughs> That's right. He's been rebooted, too. Yeah. <laughs> Check your Fruit Loops. <laughs> the locals nicknamed my home Uncanny Valley. The irony of the name isn't lost on me, because the valley that separates me from human is pretty deep. That's why I have the valley outside Vegas. And part of me, part of me wishes I was there right now. But I ain't. (laughs) Uh, I guess he's flying somewhere off the coast of California. 
Yeah. And a warship of some sort is firing missiles at him. Ouch. This is Robot Man in Uncanny Valley, Part 1, That's by Matt right. Kint, the writer, and Scott Collins, the artist. Uh-huh. Matt Kint, or uh, Robot Man's been souped up there. He's got wings, he's got... Yeah, he's looking... Jet boots. <laughs> I don't know, it's it's almost a cross between the, the Joe Staten dis- disco Robot yeah, Man yeah, yeah, and yeah. Robot Man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting look. I wasn't sure... I wasn't sure about it, but I think it's okay. It's, we'll see. We'll see yeah. how his personality lies, and we'll because uh, yeah. that's really the the key thing for him is like he can have whatever body he wants as long as he gets his, his personality down. Right on. Right on. He says it's hilarious trying hilarious hearing the buzz of my body frantically trying to keep up with my mind, making a million tiny calculations to keep me airborne and kick these rockets down into the ocean. So yeah, he's uh, looks like he's literally just kicking the missiles out of the sky. And <laughs> That's right. <laughs> using complex targeting radar to uh, send them back down to sea. Uh huh. He was heading back to Vegas when he caught a broadcast: some unmanned stealth battleship off the coast of California trying to start a Bay of Pigs Part Two. It's remotely operated, untraceable, weird. Oh well, let the government clean it up. He just barrels down, <laughs> dives down, and basically just. Uses himself as a missile, That's puncturing great. the entire ship from top to bottom. Yep, he does the Titanic thing. Yep, blows up and sinks to the bottom, I guess. Okay. <laughs> There's some ladies sitting on the beach watching the uh, carnage. <laughs> Sweet. And catching it on their iPhones. That's right. Get little videos. Yep. My web nano assassins will scour the internet clean of any photos of me before I get home. Oh! <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Anonymity intact. They showed me got a little scene of somebody trying to look them up on the internet and failing. No results found. That's kind of cool. It is cool. We all need little nano scrubber assassin things. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes back... To the Space Needle, more of a detective agency or adventure agency, Maddie says, Maddie, mm-hmm. is my self-destruction, it says it's my self-destruction agency. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, coming from the Space Needle, we see Warbaloon saying, so does my case meet your requirements? Frankly, on the surface, no, but, on the, but the location of your brother's disappearance and the fact that you're hiding something does make your case of interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a caption from Robot Man saying, I used to be a thrill seeker, an adrenaline junkie, whatever you want to call it. And inside we see an old woman. Yeah. Apparently old woman. And a young woman speaking. The young woman's behind the desk, so clearly she's the Maddie in question. Yes. The old woman wants to know if she'll find his, her brother. And she says yes. Cliff says, but now I'm like a sharpshooter without eyes, a pianist without hands, something more than a man. Uh, the lady says, oh, thank you. I'm so worried about Dr. Turing. He's never been one to disappear like that. Turing. Uh-huh. It sounds familiar for some reason. Yeah, that, uh, kind of. That one's not ringing any bells. The other name. We'll get to the other name. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. I put all the information into our systems, Mrs. Turing, and I'll keep you updated. In the meantime, our shuttle will take you back to the city. 
Lovely. Oh, we got a nice it's a big <laughs> picture of Robot Man. He's all discombobulated. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting scrubbed clean. I guess he's got like a, all his parts are sort of segmented away from each other, and there's light going on, and <laughs> his little pink bugs brain putting yeah. parts in or taking parts out. It's getting refueled and all that stuff. Pretty wild. Really good work from Scott Collins. I mean, his work ever since his work on the Flash, he's been a sort of artist of note. But lately, like in the last couple of years, a lot of the stuff that I saw from him didn't appeal to me at all. No, me either. I like. I don't know if it was his inking at the time or. Maybe he's just changing up his style for this, but it looks really good. It's yeah, like really I, couldn't, I couldn't tell. I thought maybe, like, when he was on Justice Society, I didn't like his work at all. I thought it was terrible. And I thought well, maybe that, it was uh, just the colorist. But maybe. he's working with the same colorist here. Oh. So. So maybe he's just switching his style up a bit, I guess. Maybe. Either way. Yeah, it doesn't look as scratchy and frenetic as it used to. Yeah. No, I like it's it. Very, it's very tight. Yeah. Yeah. I can so, see little hints of, like, some of the faces look like Scott Collins' faces. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but you're right. It's it's tighter. It's cleaner. The colors well are done. beautiful. Good job. <laughs> yes. Maddie Rouge is also something more. <laughs> I bet she is. Maddie Rouge. I know. Yeah. And that took me till the second reading to figure that out. I was like, Rouge. Hmm. And then I clued in Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> I am a slow one at times. <laughs> yeah, well. You can't win them all. Yes. Cliff says, what's the verdict, Maddie? And Maddie says, I can sense she's lying, but she's hiding her thoughts somehow. Interesting. Click words. He's getting, I guess he's getting reconfigured back to normal. Put it back together there, yeah. Yeah. She can read the thoughts and feelings of anyone in close proximity to her. Can you read my feelings right now? Cliff, you know I can't. Your body composition blocks your brain activity from me. <laughs> she seems comfortable around me, which is unusual. Most people aren't. It's because I'm nothing but bells and whistles now. I don't feel anything. Cliff, stop. She's the pretty face of the company. Keeps me approachable. Keeps me busy. But she feels she just feels guilty because of Utah. Mm. Secrets. And he goes and flies off, and uh, she says, I guess I'll meet you in Cuba. <laughs> Maddie feels everything I don't, can't feel. Not anymore. Maddie's file upload gives me the details. Mrs. Turing's husband, glassing in Havana, Cuba, on his way east. He's flying across. He's got little targeting things and yeah, the internet maps in his head and stuff. It's cool. I like what uh, Scott Collins is doing here by showing location with little maps and, and uh, just kind of dropping them into the background there. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. The first few months with this body, I literally couldn't feel, like being in a sensory deprivation tank. The stuff that makes up my body, the nanobots, they adapted, started sending the tactile info to my brain. Touching, feeling. It's all just a sequence of chemical reactions and electricity. But now I can more than feel. And one of his arms opens up into a sensor array of some sort. He's checking stuff out. I can pick up everything, radio waves, internet chatter, television. My body compiles and weaves all of the data together and then points me to the last place that Dr. Turing was seen. Now tell me I'm human. I'm not one of them. I'm a rock dropped in the ocean, and I'm sinking to the bottom. Oh. So we do have this uh, 
sort of sort of going back to almost where the point where he was at the uh, the asylum in the beginning of the Grand Morrison run. Yeah, yeah. It's very very down in it, as they say. <laughs> yes. We have a plane approaching. It's Maddie in the plane. She says, "Cliff, it's Maddie. Wait for me this time." Yeah. Cliff says, "There's something weird in the restaurant below. A dead spot. No pheromones in a crowded restaurant. If zombies exist." This is kind of how I picture it. <laughs> They're human, I tell myself. Yeah, and he's where he slid down the uh, <laughs> adobe roof of the, or the uh, what's, what's that called? That terracotta roof? Yeah, the terracotta roof, yeah. And ends up in the, in the middle of the crowd, and they're all blank-eyed and foaming at the mouth. and <laughs> It doesn't look pretty. No. They're coming after him. He says, I can't punch their heads off. Here's the thing. I used to seek out danger, but it wasn't the danger I loved. It's what it did to my body, the adrenaline, the liquid electricity that shoots through your arms, through your legs. I can still remember the feeling of the adrenaline, and something in me still searches for it. So, uh, yeah, basically the zombies are sort of trying to cut him and stuff like that. And <laughs> they're taking their knives and forks to him. Knives to him, and he's just sort of standing there, and they're taking him apart. That's very nice. They're civilized zombies. They're eating with their knives and forks still. <laughs> as the warning messages come in telling me that my spine and neck integrity is compromised I long for that old adrenaline rush but I guess that'll have this will have to do <laughs> so yeah the, liter- the zombies are foaming and spitting and he's gushing oil all over the place his arms and legs are off and his head's nearly coming off and you got one of them chewing on his finger there <laughs> <laughs> So, interesting. Lovely. It's an interesting start. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I wish too. it wasn't in a $4 book for 10 pages of stuff that I want to read. I know. But. I know, I know. If it's all we got so far, it's all we got so far. Exactly. Yeah, it's. I, I like, really like Matt Kint as a writer, so uh, I was, you know, favorably leaning towards this anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it looks like he's sort of taking it. In a familiar direction, but in, at the same time, modernizing it and making it something a little different. Yeah, for sure. He's uh, It's neat. He just kind of drops us in on the adventure, and we get to meet Cliff, and we don't have to worry about any of the origin stuff. I'm sure all that will come at some point, but for now, it's just... It's just... So, so far, no real mention of whether or not the Doom Patrol actually existed yet. Yeah, no, there you're right. It's this could be this could be a cliff after a doom patrol or it could be a cliff before there's a doom patrol. Yeah. Uh, so we have to wait and see on that, I guess. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and the but, yeah, they've got the little hint of Maddie Rouge. Yeah, that's a little weird. Cuz well, she was she was dead, wasn't she? Yes. Dead yeah, she got feel- Kill her in the t- in the Teen Titans, Titans one, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if this is, uh, yeah, so clearly a different Maddie Rouge or you know the new reboot version, or they rebooted her or something, yeah. She's also somewhat telepathic or whatever, so yes, it seems. Uh huh. I don't remember Madame Rouge ever doing that. No, she was always just a stretcher. Yeah, a stretcher face changer. But either way, you oh, got to figure. Yes, if they start, yeah, and. uh I, I can't wait to read the next one. Yeah, I am looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. Little zombies and adventuring and... Yeah, zombies and Robot Man, you, you got me right there. <laughs> That's right. Totally. 
Totally, and he see and Kit seems to have caught the right tone for Cliff, so that's yeah, yeah, that's good too. Excellent. Hopefully, it will lead to more stuff. Yes, for sure. Six issues, and then then we'll see. Then we'll see where we go. Yeeper. At least it gives us new Doom Patrol content to talk right. about. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. As does Tiny Titans. <laughs> oh yeah, Tiny Titans. Yes, this is. Anyway, Sorry, anyone what? who's not reading Tiny Titans, oh. even, you know, kid, if you have kids, it's perfect. Even if you don't have kids, it's still awesome. It is. You totally it's just, miss it out it's if you're fun. not. It's pure fun injected into tiny bulbous bodies. And <laughs> it really is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art Balthazar and Franco are just, they just have really great minds as far as what, what would be fun and yeah. funny to kids. Yeah, they are. Oh, excuse me. They are so funny. And yeah. they're, uh, they're great creators and they're good. Like they're approachable and they're friendly. Oh, they're cool and, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, uh, super nice. Super nice. So this book, I'm glad it's working for them. It's, uh, this one is issue 44 from November, 2011. So a couple months back Two. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 44 that's pretty easy that's impressive yeah, that's for, amazing uh, yeah, eh? kids book like a lot of them don't last that long uh-uh so it's testament to the quality of the book yeah it's uh it is doing amazingly well and for those of you not familiar tiny titans is just teen titans as little kids they go to a little public school sidekick elementary and they have a couple of adventures in each issue usually yep and any character that was ever a Teen Titan generally eventually shows up. Whether they were lame or cool or whatever. <laughs> Art and Franco find a way to make it work. So this issue is a couple of the Teen Titans on the cover there. We get Beast Boy, we get Robin, we get Tara. They're walking on a sidewalk and they're terrified. Beast Boy is like, look out, it's too dangerous. And Robin's like, wait, uh, you said you knew these guys. And Tara is her usual sweet self. Someone's going to get to know my rock in a minute. And we get to see uh, a little robot hand in the corner. And we get a bandaged hand up in the top and a sweet little regular hand reaching out towards the characters there. And the title of the story is The Crosswalk of Doom. Doom. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You open up the book, you get a little roll call, and you get to meet all the various Titans characters. And then down at the bottom, you get little bubbles for Elastigirl, Mento, Negative Man, and Robot Man. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Mento. Mento. <laughs> yeah. And this, this is the, uh, the sort of the purple pot on his head, Mento again? Yes, purple pot on his head with little antennas. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, antennas. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. So it's uh, it opens up with the three, the three of them: Tara, Robin, Beast Boy, walking to school. And Robin's like, "You know, Beast Boy, I just thought of something." Beast Boy's like, "What? We have to cross the street." Beast Boy's like, "So what? Don't you remember the crossing patrol guards at the school intersection?" That's right, says Beast Boy. They're the crossing patrol of doom. Oh. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and Tara's like, "Really? That's where you're going with this?" Gee, thanks, Robin. It's been weeks with Beast Boys. Doom this, doom that. You know what? He's all yours. And she grabs a big chunk of the earth and hops on it and flies away. I'm out of here, she says. Beast Boy's <laughs> like, anyway, 
Oh, are you kidding wow. me? Wow, two is like show. This is crazy town. Anyway, hang on. Anyway, we are back. <laughs> yes, another important Doom Patrol phone call. <laughs> ah. <laughs> anyway, Beast Boy is freaking out. He's like, oh no, the Patrol of Doom, what are we going to do? And Robin's like, first we are going to relax. Gather your wits and just avoid looking at them in the eye. So they start walking along and we get Elastic Girl there with a, <laughs> a Doom Patrol crossing guard <laughs> belt. Uh, and she's like, Beast Boy, and they're just whistling as they walk past. And then Robin's like, uh-oh, she spotted ya. And uh, Beast Boy starts to freak out and she just comes over and starts giving a little noogie on the head there. Oh, look how much you've grown, she says. Robin, help me, she's giving me the head pat of doom. Robin's like, I don't think that's what's happening. And then she sees Robin, and she gives him a little head pat. Ooh, who's your friend? He's so cute. And they continue walking on. That was close, says Beast Boy. We barely escaped. She marked our heads with the pat of doom. Robin, however, has little hearts coming from his head. I don't think it was that bad. That's how it starts, dude. That's how it starts. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get like another little page. We get to meet some of the other teen tighteners. They're in their lab with Dr. Light as their science teacher. Ah, <laughs> uh, lovely, lovely. So Robin is asking Beast Boy what's wrong. And he's like, we only have two hours of school left. And that means we need to cross the Doom Patrol again. And Robin's like, yeah, she was nice. And then Beast Boy is like, oh no. And all the other teen titans come in and their hair is all ruffled and crumpled and they all have little hearts coming out of their heads they all carry the mark of doom it's worse than i thought and at the end of the day they start to walk home and beast boy's like wait look and they see elastic girl she waves at them with a little hi boys and they decide we have to cross at a different corner okay okay says robin and they get to the other corner and robot man's hand is out and he's like stop where are you boys going we wish to cross the street, sir. Oh, why didn't you say so, says Robot Man, and he steps out into the road, and he just stops the traffic by shouting at it. Stop! And uh, <laughs> Art and Franco are in the car. Well, Franco is anyway. And the cars come to a crashing halt, and Robot Man's like, okay, boys, you can cross. Are you sure, asks Robin. Do I look like Negative Man to you, says Robot Man, and Beast Boy's like, no. That's because I'm a robot man. I said go. And they rush across the road. <laughs> uh, and they're like just kind of wiping the sweat off their brows. Happy to have survived another encounter with the Doom Patrol. And they come across Mento who's sitting on a rock. Um, Hello, says Robin. Shh, I'm thinking. Yeah, but we need to cross the street. Shh, I'm still thinking, says Mento. <laughs> And they sit and they watch him for a couple of panels. And then they shrug. And he stretches and Mento finally gets up. And he's like, okay, let's go. And finally he helps them across the street. And Beast Boy is just shrugging. He's got no clue. <laughs> and they come to Negative Man, who is all uh, wrapped up in his bandages. <laughs> and he's like, can I help you boys? And Beast Boy says, can we cross the street? Nope, not a good idea, says Negative Man. And Robin's like, but the light's green. No, I don't agree. And it just turns red. And then it turns green, and Robin's like, can we go now? 
And Negative Man says, nope, too much wind. It's too windy? <laughs> There's no wind, says Beast Boy. Yeah, it's too sunny, too. Come on, when are you going to let us cross? Never, says Negative Man. And <laughs> Robin says, man, this guy is really negative. I have to be. That's my name. Negative Man. <laughs> if my name was Positive Man, things would be different. You'd probably be home by now. But nope, I am Negative Man. That's right. Well, Mr. Negative Man, sir, says Robin, can we cross now? Nope. Now? I don't think so. How about now? No way. Now? Not safe. Please? Not gonna happen. Three hours later, it's starting to get dark. The stars are coming out. Now? Nope. Now? Never. Now? No way. There you are. Alfred pulls up in the Batmobile. Hey, Alfred, says Robin, why is it taking you so long to get home? Get in the car. You're right, Robin, says Beast Boy. We should have just risked getting our hair messed up by Elastigirl. I told you, it's not really that bad. And we flip. They're having breakfast at their uh, table. Or maybe it's dinner. No, I think it's breakfast. I think there's something you're not telling me, says Robin. What's going on with Elastigirl? How do you know her anyway? And uh, Beast Boy gulps, and then he's like, Okay, I guess you'll find out eventually. I was in the Doom Patrol. Robin spits out his soup. What? That's crazy talk. I know. It's hard for you to hear, but it's all true. And then we do flashback. With flashback purple colors. It started long ago on a stormy night, just like tonight. But it's sunny outside. Never mind that. And we get a picture of little Elastigirl holding a little baby beast boy. I was delivered right to the doorstep of doom. I'll take good care of him, says Elastigirl. Have fun. I couldn't get away. I was trapped in the high chair of doom. Okay, it's snack time. Here's your juice bottle. Then she grabbed me in her clutches and she gave me the backpats of doom. And he lets out a burp. (laughs) Then she dressed me. In the colors of doom. Purple. Purple, I tell you. It's an evil bad guy color. Robin's like, yeah, I get it. I was covered in doom patrol garb. That's when I knew I was one of them. And Elastigirl's like, oh, he's so cute. And she gives him a big (laughs) cuddle. And then she put me in the cage of doom. I was surrounded by a bunch of wild animals. There was no chance of escape. Yes, the wild animals are. A fluffy teddy bear. A fluffy mouse, a little zebra pillow. (laughs) I didn't know what to do, but I passed out. I think it had something to do with the elixir of doom. I'm not sure how much time had passed, but once I came to, I caught a glimpse of the doom patrol. I'm not sure what they were planning, but I'm sure it was diabolically doomish. And they are sitting at a card table playing cards. Go fish, says Robot Man. Really, says Robin. Well, it's all a little bit fuzzy, says Beast Boy, but that's how I remember it. And that brings you to the end of the Doom Patrol. Tiny Titans. A slightly different version of the Doom Patrol than we're used to. (laughs) Yes. But they're, they're flexible. They can be played for comedy. They can be played for serious drama. Oh, yeah. And that's why we love them. (laughs) That's right. They are amazing. 
if you also love them, you can come to the forum. Or you're not, you don't have a forum anymore. You can come to the website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would w- be www.doompatrol.com. You got it. You can visit us there. You can uh, send us an email at doompodtroll at gmail.com. Yes. Yes. Or if you do go to the uh, website, uh, each of our episodes has comment threads. You can use and abuse as you see fit. Yes. Last week we were wondering about the president. And, oh, yes. Uh, yes. And our faithful listener, People Fister, let us know that, yes, Lyndon B. Johnson was... Yeah, <laughs> you did. You know your American history. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a huge American history buff. Uh huh. Uh huh. Lyndon Johnson was the president <laughs> in 1967, which is why his dialogue sounds better with a Texan accent. I <laughs> and then he asks, "And what herbs were in those cookies in 1967?" Because I think they were eating the. Uh, there were some sort of crazy herb cookies that played a role in that story. I'm sure. <laughs> could be or at least in the guy writing them yeah <laughs> that would not surprise me at all <laughs> he seems like a man who uh, had an interest in crazy herb cookies I'm sure I <laughs> am sure <laughs> alrighty that's it for this week we will yes. see you all next week bye 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 <laughs>